Hi there, welcome back to the Real Point Podcast. My name's Connor. My name's Freya. Welcome back to um, part two of episode two um, of our double um, double feature on Lee Wannell films. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said before, but I've been very excited through this episode, and now I'm very excited through part two, because <laughs> we're talking about The Invisible Man, Yes. Um, which is the 2020 follow-up to Upgrade from 2018. Um, this time um, released by Universal as part of their sort of new approach to um, introducing the old Universal yes. monsters back into public canon again. Which I think we need to talk about as well. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say, to be incredibly honest. I mean, honest. everyone knows like, what happened yeah, with, the, with the mummy. With the Tom Cruise vehicle, <laughs> the mummy. Um, I mean, you know, just kind of goes to show that um, although people are still trying, in fact, even that new Vin Diesel superhero movie is apparently the start of a... Another Sh- yeah, a shared <laughs> a shared universe of movies for uh, Valiant comics or something, yeah. and so Universal tried to do something similar to the Marvel formula for their old uh, Universal movie monsters and started with um, Tom Cruise with the Mummy. Um, it was going to be part of the Dark Universe, which yeah. was supposed to have a follow up with um, Johnny Depp playing the Invisible Man, um, due to the absolute um, onslaught at the um, box office for um, the Mummy. Um, the Dark Universe was immediately sort of put on hold and very quickly they decided to sort of refocus their energies on a different approach. Enter Jason Blum and that charismatic smile of his. Uh, Obviously Universal and Blumhouse worked together for a long time anyway. Um, So it didn't, you know, it's one of those things you sort of look at and you were like, wow, that idea is so simple. It was right there the entire time. Why did it take so long? Yeah, if you know what I mean, like it seemed like saying that's like so many. Yeah, it seemed like a sort of perfect match. Like so, you know, too little, too late doesn't matter. It happened, Mm -hmm. and now we finally got the sort of first entry being the Invisible Man, which is great because you would think that in a lot of ways it would end up being like you know if it was the first in a new imagined thing, it might even just be the Mummy again. But nobody would want to touch that again with a ten foot barge pole. So the Invisible Man was the next best bet, considering what they had um, the Wolf Man in like twenty eleven as well. Um, or something like I think it was 2011 Benicio Del Toro yeah yeah. Um, so yeah this is probably the best route to take so we're finally here so yeah that's so now where we are is the 2020 The Invisible Man Um, the original do you know when the original was made? no neither do I Um, because we were talking about this recently yeah I haven't personally I've seen bits of the original I've not actually seen the, the original. I think I've just seen all the famous scenes that yes. you see in like compilation things or like an old, you know when movies play in other movies and it's always an old black and white movie yeah. that's playing on someone's TV, that's the kind of thing. <laughs> so you've got, with this sort of universe, the dark universe that we were talking about at the, at the start you've got the mummy which is sort of like an ancient being, yeah. would, you, would you say you've got the creature of the Black Lagoon which is a uh, another sort of creature such kind of folk taily creature thing you've got Dracula um, the famous old story yeah Frankenstein Frankenstein as well which is just think were they in Van Helsing (laughs) Universal owns it yes but um, I wasn't just going to go through them (laughs) what what I was trying to say is you've got I think the two that are most similar at the Dark Universe is you've got Frankenstein and the Invisible Man yeah um, are both the sort of sci-fi elements of yeah, the dark yeah. universe, whereas the rest are sort of all these creatures. Even though Frankenstein's fra- well, Frankenstein's monster is a creature, and then the Invisible Man was made to be yeah. like a creature. But well, it's H.G. Wells as well, yes. so you know, yeah, science they fiction. Yeah, are the the science fiction element of it. Um, so yes, so we have 
instead of what where I was going from that was you you've always had that sci-fi element to the Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. The original was that he turned himself completely invisible. Yeah. Um, whereas this the new version takes a different take, which I think the it works way out that for the they've better. done the the new Invisible Man works absolutely perfectly. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So before we go into all that, um, I just want to we spoke about with the budget mm. when we done upgrade so as I said before it was a small budget for this as well which I was shocked it was not far off the same as upgrade was yeah. it was about 7 million that they, they were given to make this film and it made worldwide so far because obviously it's still we're still in 2020 124 million yeah so that is a massive difference yeah. from like budget to how much it made um you can I'm not saying at all that it looks low budget no it doesn't but you can understand why it has a low budget for the type of film it is yeah. because there aren't a lot of elements to this film. well no. it's not that there's a lot there's there's not a lot <laughs> I don't even know how to word because it because I think like you know how it's um it's essentially a blockbuster but it doesn't it's the same as Upgrade it's, it's economical mm-hmm. like whether it be like in the script or like the sort of production value of the movie it stretches every sort of last penny to make it i mean this this is just blumhouse's bread and butter really yes. like the money might be quite small i mean it's still good money don't get me wrong but like you know um everything everything they do is stretched out to the point that it is a lot of the time quality mm-hmm. um you know less can be said for some other movies they make like yeah. you know truth or dare or something yes. but that made bank unfriended yeah. still made bank yeah. these things are very cheap to make but, but, but excluding stuff like that yeah it works out so but i think for this there, there wasn't a lot needed for the film no um no. for the concept that is it's the invisible man, the man. so Can't see you it. can do a lot with um without anyone really yeah. well not without anyone but there's a lot that you don't need a lot of yeah. actors you didn't even have to cast a guy and you could have saved themselves like a yes. whole bunch of money but, not but casting but I don't someone. think that is because I love no 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 <laughs> I, I agree movies. I agree but I mean um, yeah. so yes so we've we've spoke about obviously uh, we're not going to go into the original storyline of where it comes from yeah. and, and people that know it know it yeah. and if not they can look into it and that's a whole other kettle of fish so we have our main girl yeah. I think it's incredible. Well, got... yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention the, the great intro credits. Oh, no, the, I'm getting the there, I'm getting right, there, Because okay. <laughs> that's an, uh, a big part of it. But just before we start, the, how the film starts and the intro credits, we have our main character. Um, I think it's the only real one worth mentioning in the film is Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. You have all the side characters, which obviously are important. It's serviceable. Um, but Elizabeth Moss, the whole yeah. film is Elizabeth Moss. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you don't even need as you said you don't need anyone as the no. man it is just to do with her so yes title credits yeah um if you thought upgrade title credits were great i like the upgrade title credits <laughs> i love it i think that both these title credits are great but you see exactly how good like the director is yeah. for his title credits alone you you have this huge sound at the start of this film obviously it's set near like a beachfront mm. and there's a storm uh, so you hear massive amounts of wave, waves and rumbles um, so it's a loud straight from the start this loud sort of over especially in the cinema when you see yeah, it yeah. loud overwhelming really grey gritty sort of look mm-hmm. um, and you have these rocks and you have the water splashing up the rocks and sort of falling over the title credits yeah. which I think is great and it's, it's a nice so, it's like you know 
the classic trick of how you'd eat an invisible man yes. is you'd get like flour and like toss it over Something and it's, over. it's the same principle but just applied to like yeah. revealing the titles and it Which, sounds like we're probably giving it too much praise than it actually deserves but it's just good it's, the, it's, it's a good title like, like it gets you just, in yeah. you don't need much um, but also it comes into play later on in the film yeah um, just think it's really good um, a big thing is they don't they don't say any of the actors at the start of the film no but none of them are upgraded they don't yeah, have any credits upgrade, yeah. at the very, so very end credits short sweet that's all you need you don't yeah. need much um, so I think that's great um, going straight from this really loud rumbly sound you realise how the sound works in this film straight away yeah, you have the massive amounts of sound to very minimum yeah um, um, if not silent in parts yeah. the sound is um, this is a, kind of similar to our Midsummer episode as well um We've watched this twice. Um, once yes. the first time was in the theater, and um, the second time was at home. And to get that feeling again, I actually did turn up the TV volume max, which I yes. never normally do. But to get that feeling back, I did. Oh no, um, I think you, especially for this, you need a, every small sound is important. It's in overwhelming. This film. Um, um, and the the loud sounds are meant to be loud. Yeah, it's honestly at, at times, especially in the intro, it's honestly kind of suffocating, but it's oh, kind yeah. of the point. It's um, needed, yeah. But it really does work to its credit. And um, as far as intros go. Um, there's a lot we're getting straight into the contrast but um upgrade and invisible man start almost entirely identical um the setup is simple Lead. there's yep. yeah yep. there's i think there are a couple of words spoken in the intro but again it doesn't infer much information everything else that we get we're kind of shown through no yes. dialogue or yeah, yeah you have you have a little bit little bit of speaking in upgrade whereas invisible man yeah. you have absolutely no speaking um for the first whole scene mm. there there's not which is another thing in this film there's there's a lot of bits that there are no speaking in this film um, and there are, are no sound or yeah. very minimal sound to the sound um, so this is where we realise straight away this is a completely different take on the story mm. um, I do not understand why no one has thought of this like before to do because I think this is an incredible way of doing the story of the Invisible Man um, especially as the film goes on um, we realise more of the storyline but from the very very beginning we realise that Elizabeth Moss who plays Cecilia is obviously in a horrible place yeah. um, she's petrified um, and you sort of learn even from the first shot of her that there's a reason you don't know what exactly at this point but she is terrified of her yeah. husband or partner um, as she's trying to escape out of the building that they're they're living in um, and the fear alone just done through the sound the filmography and the accent from Elizabeth Moss mm. in that first scene makes you feel terrified yeah it is scary um, like there's there's so many elements to it I mean her accent alone um, the sound really does yeah. make you feel as you say it's quite suffocating yeah. in parts there's, um, there's a moment where she's trying to sneak around the house and be as quiet as possible and she's trying to get away and she um Again, it's more or less been completely silent for the majority of the mm -hmm. scene, and she accidentally kicks a dog bone. And yes. I remember in the theater, it was awful. I absolutely like, jumped. I yeah. like it took the breath like, yeah. away from me. Yeah. It was because you're so, especially in the cinema, like this the, the large screen, you you get so caught up in this moment, and you know something's wrong. You don't know quite what it is, but you you want her to get away because of how how scared she seems. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're sort of rooting for her but at the same time you're so nervous that anything could go wrong at yeah, that yeah. point um, they have so many elements to sort of show that she's thought this out completely, yeah. she obviously she's planned, this for, planned this for a long time she's hidden her bag she knows where all the cameras are she switches off the cameras, I'll come back to that in a second 
like every small element she's thought about yeah. um she you, you get the idea that she's drugged this person because you see a liquid on the side that has sort of something in it um so hopefully he's there must be a reason that she's had to do this to yeah. Lee. Um, one of the the, the the filmography in this film is incredible. I think the the first scene having this massive storm, but alone the the house that they're staying in is this massive wide yeah glass building. Yeah, the glass fronted building which, looking over the ocean. Yeah, which when we were watching this again yesterday, I was like, oh my god, this is genuinely like the quote like people who live in glass houses yeah um and it's so even though the house is so massive and it's got such an outlook you still feel suffocated within Mm -hmm. it um just by what's going on um at that point so yeah it's something that happens in the whole movie i think um, because around about sort of this point when she's sneaking around the house um the first one pops up that happens at least almost half a dozen times in the entire film where um you'll never be more afraid of empty space (laughs) than you will be watching this film she's Um, always 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 throughout this whole film looking behind her well it's not like i guess so much in that but i mean like um there at this point there's the big long panning shot which happens where it's like you'll see her doing something and then the camera will just turn around slowly just to show you that there's an empty room behind her or there's an empty hallway behind her and it's always like a long hall like this one was a long hall with just like one dark door frame at the end but there's like loads of different ones it's just again it's nothing but like that's kind of the point and it's it's, even straight from the get-go it's like right empty space don't trust it yeah of course (laughs) Um, it's like you're always even though it's showing you it's an empty space mm -hmm. you're looking out for something yeah it makes you feel uncomfortable and even in the spaces where you kind of assume that it is kind of supposed to be safe because obviously you're under the impression from the get-go that this place that she's in now is not a safe place to be Mm -hmm. um whereas when she's actually staying with friends and she's actually in an environment that's more comfortable for her um, it's the same feeling the same thing always happens she's doing normal things and you always get to see what's kind of around the corner um it's good stuff um and it's a really really good intro and it sets up everything absolutely brilliantly so yeah so we get to as i say i was saying i'll go back to the cameras so you have um we're not going to linger too much on the intro but i think it is important to talk about the intro um (laughs) sorry cat again um because it is an important scene um she goes to turn the cameras off and this is where you're first introduced to the lab um so you you don't get a feeling that it's her lab because she literally goes and just turn the cameras off yeah. and that's it so straight away you're thinking oh, is this her partner yeah. there, there's something so you're getting set, you're just getting you're just getting information constantly yeah. like it's Const- the Every, everything in the showing. house you're given there's a dog bowl so there's there's a dog there yeah. you know there's going to be a, there's going to be a dog yeah. which then comes up as she's she's trying to leave the house there's a good foreshadowing in the lab scene actually um where the enough on a phone that she uses later that's um her partners mm-hmm. and also um on the screens of the computers in the lab um are all hexagon shapes oh yes yes yeah yes. it's a nice touch and also it's the first appearance of um our fake out invisible men of which there are quite a few mm. in the film not like to the extent of like the hidden faces in hill house or anything like yeah. that there's not loads of them but yeah. there are a couple of nice moments of multiple invisible men and at the end of the lab there are about four mannequins um, before she lights up the entire room, you can just kind of make out their outline. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "What the hell already?" And then it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's you kind of fall for the simple trick, but Which, it's good stuff. I'm glad you spoke about um, Pont Hill House because mm. there's a lot of influence. Um, I'm sure I read that there is influence from mm-hmm. obviously that um, 
the way that they've done the scenes in Hell House yeah. with the finding, like just putting in small elements yeah. um, and open spaces and yeah. stuff. Um, so then you get into her actual escape. So she manages to get out. She sees the dog. Yeah. Um, and this is where you realise the control that this man has over not just her, yeah. but everything in his life. Because yep. she's just about to leave and you see a shot collar in the dog and she says, I can't leave you with this yep. on. And she removes it. And you realise from that point that he does have, like, I mean, hor- it's only horrible people who put shot collars in dogs anyway, but you realise that he's not a good person. Yeah. Um, at this moment, the dog hits into the car and the car alarm goes off and this is where you're put back into panic mode. Yeah, because it is loud. It's a loud oh, car alarm. Oh, it's loud, especially going from such minimal sounds to yeah. then, obviously, massive amounts of sound again. Um, it works. There's a lot of bits that do this in the film um, that use, like, sudden large yeah. amounts of sounds to bring tension so you have her fleeing out this house scaling this crazy mad security wall yeah. <laughs> leaving running through the woods she obviously knows where she's going so it's yet again like the planning out um she has a torch with her she's getting straight to the road and she's waiting on someone and this is another moment where it's the panning yeah it looks you get, the to, woods. you get to see some of the trees she like points the lamp in the trees and mm-hmm. stuff and you're like oh great um and it's like you think that you'd always have a little bit of a giveaway there. You'd have leaves or like mm-hmm. branches, whatever to see. But you're still like, even at this early stage, you're kind of like, where is he? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're you're waiting for something yeah, to happen, I mean, and you are seeing the invisible man. And so yet like, again, there's there's nothing again. So it's, but coming from where where this extends, you find out she is in a domestic abuse situation. It is that fear that yeah. is it's constantly with you, exactly, no matter yeah. where you are. Um, she's obviously waiting on someone you finally see a car come down so you're you're relieved you're like yeah. thank god um you don't know i don't i don't know if they say straight away that it's her sister i don't think they say straight away but obviously but, it's made clear early yeah, on that they know each other they least. know each other so and the person is straight away is like what is going on why why have you asked me to and she's just like please just, just drive just get out here get out here and that is where you finally meet her partner mm. who is well veiled Adrian? in shadow anyway um right. It is Adrian. It is Adrian, yeah. Yeah. Comes running up to the car door. Straight from the shadows. Out from from the the trees, funnily enough. Um, Um, Banging loudly and screaming for her. Why is she leaving? Get out, get out. And then you obviously realise this yet again, how controlling this person is. To the point he hits on the door so hard, he smashes through the window. Yeah. And the person that is in the car with her realises shit like, okay, like I'm getting you out of here and drives off straight away you're taking from this moment as director does no waffling yeah two weeks two later, weeks later yeah you're told oh, and then that's um, it she also drops something as she's oh, getting into the car as well i can't believe i missed yes yeah, so a massive element of this is she drops a bottle of diazepam um which is like a sp- her prescription i'm assuming it's her prescription yeah uh, she drops it on the floor um, as she's leaving. Yes, she drugged um, her partner yep. with it. So you realise that's what she's drugged him with. Um, and then it flips forward to two weeks later. Yes. Um, she's now living with um, she's living with friends, um, friends of her sisters or friends of hers. Um, to make it clear, it doesn't matter, they're still friends. Um, thankfully, they're a good support of Lot, so they seem to be sort of encouraging her to uh, sort of take some steps forward to sort of, you know... Leave the house. They've not... Um, 
she's not been entirely honest with them as to what sort of went on at this stage yet. Um, so they're still kind of in the dark, but they're being supportive nonetheless. But they which do is, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and to be like, you know, to sort of shine a light on that kind of stuff. Like, it is good to see, like, that they've taken the care to sort of write characters who are supportive of, oh, like, you know, no matter sort of yeah. what it is. Um, this, I mean... We'll, it's refreshing immediately. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this later on, but yeah, we'll this film on. deals with this whole issue incredibly well. Yeah, it does. Um, and the whole film um, works really well, um, especially with these issues. It does it so well. Mm. But we'll, I will go into that later on. Um, her friend um, James encourages yes. her to at least go outside to try and get the mail from the mailbox. Yeah. Um, and she does, and in a sort of, again, in a nice touch with um, sort of sound design and stuff, um, when she steps outside and steps one foot outside of the front door, um, the sound gets vacuum cut out of the... Yeah, it's completely yeah. muted down yeah. to oh, kind of muffled. Yeah. So all the sound around her is muffled out and you can only hear her yeah. moving to um, the... Post- and when she goes to the post box, she um, gets startled by a guy who's jogging up behind her. But and then so are, the, yeah, but then yeah. so are you, because yeah. it's the exact same kind of like still the pose and like the power of like how um, Adrian sort of chased down the car in the mm-hmm. opening. Um, so even like you're still kind of taken along for that ride as well. Um, and you realise that this kind of recovery for um, Cecilia is obviously not going to be particularly no. easy. Um, so she she runs straight back inside and she apologises that she couldn't do anything. And straight away James is completely supportive and says, no, like you've done amazing. Yeah, Don't the fact you walked that far is like progress enough. Like. enough. Um, so they're obviously there just to help her. No one's pushing her mm. or anything. Um, well, um, James starts doing some decorating. Um, Cecilia um, blocks out the webcam on her computer as well. Yeah, she's looking up if people, how people can follow you. Yeah. Um, and she's determined. Obviously, you realise at this point that she, she thinks Adrian is still, still watching her. Yeah. She's she's taking precautions to help in any way to stop that happening. Yeah. So yeah, she, she, thing is, what would you call it? She covers her webcam. Yeah, it's like with Tipex or yeah. some paint or something. Um, straight after this, um, the girl who collected um, Cecilia from Adrian's place yeah, um, in the dead of night. Yeah, is her, yeah, her sister. Yeah, comes over as um, Emily, her name is. Um, and she sort of comes over and uh, uh, Cecilia is immediately quite frosty to her sort of coming over. She's like, why did you come over here? Like, you know, you've risked like, me and you've risked yourself. Like, Adrian knows where you live. He could have followed you. And you sort of realise just, like, you know, how intense, like, this, the, the genuine is, yeah. fear of, like, you know, being tracked down is for her. Um, but obviously um, Emily's actually here to share a sort of different bit of news um, and it's that Adrian has supposedly killed himself yes Adrian is no longer with us yes. I mean um, you, you do sort of believe it at this point like uh, yeah. because she, she shows there's an article mm. um, which is a massive easter egg as well but yeah I'll get into that so there, there <laughs> is an article about Adrian's death uh, sort of like her sister showing her like no this is true I'm not yeah. lying like he is dead so yeah you were saying yeah um, in the article that um, Emily shows Cecilia um, about a paragraph down, it says that um, Adrian was the head um, of the like optical science um, at his company called Cobalt, which is the name of the company, and Upgrade and as upgrade. well. So, so in 20 years' time, um, you know, share, shared universe, cinema, Upgrade Cinematic Universe. <laughs> but it's, it's a nice little touch. And yeah, you is, do yeah. from Because it is a sci-fi element, it's, it seems like this is plausible. Yeah. Um, because this is set in modern day. Um, yeah. and even as crazy well not as crazy as the thought of someone making himself invisible but you, it's all believable yeah, like yeah. How, how this film goes on yeah. um, 
so yeah that works really well just yeah. to have that little sort of easter egg in there as well um sort of after reading the article finding out that adrian's dead obviously um cecilia takes it the way that someone in her sort of position would where she kind of doesn't know what to feel kind yeah. of like you know it's still kind of someone you spent a long time with suddenly dying and sort of taking their own life is not a nice feeling but especially when that person's your abuser can opens up a whole lot of different yeah. feelings you don't really want to feel for that kind of person and treat you that kind of way um so again it's just the whole um sort of complexity in there mm-hmm. that just adds that little bit extra sort of depth to it which really helps and um, lee wannell is a good writer with that kind of thing like he knows in very short, simple terms, how to, how to make present a character's yeah. um well present their personality, but also present like their their sort of humanity inside them kind of thing. Yeah, like, no, whether 100%. with Grey's moral compass and upgrade and sort of Cecilia's like, you know, sort of vulnerability yeah. in this, um, it really shows and it really shines through. So you have um so she comes at when she's finally sort of taken this in a bit, you see her sit down with James and her sister and she brief very, 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 very briefly, um sheds the light on like what's been going on so she she explains kind of how she's feeling the way she does so she explains that Adrian wanted a baby and she couldn't have that so she was taking birth control mm-hmm. to that and she she explains that it was because how controlling he was he was controlling over all of her actions the way she dressed where she went what she thought anything basically everything what yeah. she ate like everything and she, she makes a point of if even he thought that she was thinking the wrong thing he would do something about it and this yeah. is where i think it's jamie says did he hit you and she says yes among other, other things. things she doesn't have to say any more they, they don't have to say anything else and you get exactly from that moment the point yeah of what's going on they don't need to go into massive graphic detail. They don't need to show you anything. Yeah, there's no flashbacks. There's no, no like it stuff is like so that. well done. Like you don't need to bring up any more. They have been very not touchy, but they've they've been very careful, accommodating you yeah, yeah. for this situation. You don't need to bring up all this other stuff. Um, just in a short snippet, and even just the small amount she says, it makes you feel so so much for her. Yeah, just like those, the abuse the small doesn't amount. need to be like verified at any no. point like the fact no. of the matter is that she's saying that this has happened and we don't need any more information than that yeah. and it doesn't go overboard it doesn't cross any sort of line um which is something that i think really works to its credit like anything can get almost too indulgent to a point yeah. um an indulgent that doesn't really work to anybody's benefit especially to people who are going to sort of go into this movie um with a kind of background in it and genuinely find it quite frightening because it is a very real it's world real, situation the, and, and which is obviously why this works it, it is a horror even though it isn't it is a horror film yeah but it works as a horror film for the sense of that emotionally and yeah from it's, it's such a real life situation mm. just domestic abuse which is a massive point of this yeah. that it makes it absolutely terrifying mm. going as you say especially for if you're someone with a background in this you would be so scared to go and see something like mm, this. Absolutely. Whereas they've they've tried their best to really accommodate for people yeah. and to make it a a prominent issue in the film, but without crossing any lines. Yeah, and I think that sort of theme is kind of what gives, you know, the namesake of the movie its entire character. Like, what's yes. worth pointing out as well is that we have seen Adrian's silhouette when he chased down the car. Mm-hmm. We have seen him in bed. We've not really seen his like full face. Not really seen his full body. Um, and nor will we let's just say we won't really see him because we don't um adrian's not really a presence in this movie and that's fine if again if there was flashbacks and stuff like that it would completely ruined the sort of 
atmosphere no, they've built 100%, up yeah. um, and that's a real positive of this movie and that whole scene where she explains what's happened is, Why it works is so well. yeah it's a really good scene um, it's really um, a little tough scene to yeah. sit through but it works yeah and then you get the small <laughs> the very I don't mean to it's the very nice little drop of film before it turns bad yeah again. absolutely this is where you get the nice elements so she finally comes to terms with the fact that Adrian's gone yeah and she feels like she can do things again so she gets she the leaves mail. the house she gets the mail which is a massive thing for her yeah is completely happy until there's she a small hiccup she yeah. there is a letter directly to her and she hasn't told anyone at this point where she is so she's she's quite petrified she's she's rationalizing the fact that adrian's dead but she's like how would someone know that i'm here yeah. and you find out from this point that it's for adrian's will yes um and so you see cecilia and her sister go to see adrian's brother who is the attorney mm-hmm. for the trust in the will yeah um so at the start adrian's brother says that there was a speech written from adrian oh and god yeah he starts speaking awful. and straight away her sister talks about the fact that she shouldn't have felt that she should leave she should have spoke to him and straight at that moment the sister cuts him off and is like no yep stop right there stop right there we don't need to listen to this and send like, an email if you have to yeah. <laughs> and he's like oh no you do because it's in the will and she says well send an email and we'll read it but you do not read through this right now which yeah. I think was great like it's just like yeah. not given the time of day exactly, to that shit yeah. um, and so the brother's like right this is the reason you're here basically you have five million pounds well dollars American um in part of the trust that will be given to you and in monthly amounts, I think it's 10,000? Yeah, I think 10, something like a month, that. I didn't something, quite get the exact figures. Something like it's a lot that, of money. Yeah, a lot of money. Um, and you're given that and she is in complete and utter shock because n- now she's dealing with the death of this horrible person yeah. that she didn't want anything to do with. She was happy. I'd say she was happy that it was gone, but now she's got this now as well to deal with. Which is a hard situation because she's wanting to get away from that yeah. past, but at the same time, it's just coming. Is she owed and, it? Like yeah. you, you know, you got to think like she must think I am owed this money for the amount of shit that I've gone yep. through. I should take it. Um, so a lot going on that you, you it would be a lot for her to think about. But you you go back to James's house and his daughter as well that has been there for her, and you see straight away that she wants to use that money to help people around her just have helped her yeah so she's not you learn straight away she's not a greedy person exactly yeah like even this she's not even bothered by this money she she wants to help people so she surprises james with new ladders and surprises her daughter with money that can fund a scholarship to go to it's a fashion school a fashion school that she wants to which is beyond and even james is like you can't do this yeah this is too much money and she tries to tell him no you don't understand yeah this for the amount of money that I have, this is absolutely. It's nothing. taking bad money and putting something good. Exactly, into it. which is, you know, it's a nice element yeah. to sort of this film. As I say, the nice part of the film before it all sort of turns again is you yeah. get a nice moment where you feel things are finally looking up, mm-hmm. which I think makes it worse when things come crashing back down. As you get this small moment of clarity, but then that's that's how she's feeling throughout this film. She gets these small moments where she finally feels safe and comfortable again, and until obviously things happen yeah and like the family banter is great 
Oh yes, like, they, um, they work really well together. They're like, not like you know you could sort of argue and say they're like kind of just like the random sort of support characters and stuff. Like you know they're just sort of a bit two dimensional, but mm-hmm. it works. Like it gives the it gives the movie much needed levity when it needs to, and it also means that like the main character is actually not alone. Yeah, um, it it works quite well. It's kind of the same thing in Upgrade as well, where like you know she's not in the movie for very long, but obviously um the main character's wife. Um, their banter at the start is great. Like yeah. you're sold on their kind of relationship and yeah, their chemistry they, they, quite they, quickly. Yeah, it's the chemistry I think is a big part of. Yeah. The, and again, even just like with Upgrade as well, like you're endeared to Elizabeth Moss's character quite quickly. Yes. Like you learn very early on that you know she's been through shit, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't again have a moral compass of her own, and that you know she is a good person that was um, restricted by a terrible one. Yeah. Um, so you, you you get as well that with some of this money she's bought her own clothes and yeah. as, as much as that seems like a small element that is a massive thing especially yeah. for people in this position and she very clearly states previously that he wouldn't even let her yeah. wear or own her own clothes mm-hmm. so to have little things you see the sort of happiness for yeah. her to be able to just have her own wardrobe yeah. and be able to do it which is, which is really nice but this is also the moment where the camera pans work out again yeah. to make you feel like everything isn't just fine and her in the back of her head again you see her looking around yeah she has a moment feeling like there's there's something there and something's not quite right yeah it's it's a horrible thing and again it's just like it's a simple thing it's like when the camera pans around all it is is like there's like a clothes rack in the middle of the room Mm -hmm. and it's a door on the left and the inside of the door is like just a little bit dark otherwise the room is well lit yeah. but it's like a big wide shot and you're just kind of you're looking like next to the rack of clothes like expecting them to move yeah exactly you're expecting to see the door wave just a little because just, it's just been opened yeah or, there's and there's nothing but yeah. i think sometimes that's worse it's like, like it's, it's, it's empty aggression yeah. or it's just ag- aggression in empty spaces is what it is yeah. like i it's, mean uh, and it's even horrible. because of the title of the film everyone knows where this is going yeah like, i mean people sort of know what the story is yeah. um, going into it so as soon as these things start happening you sort of already know mm-hmm. what the storyline's going to be so you're straight away sort of looking out for these yeah and these also the dresses on. that she's bought are black which are going to foreshadow into the ending later yes yes 100 um so she sort of Brushes tells herself off. she's like no this is silly like you know stop thinking about this mm-hmm. little elements and then it takes you back to the morning whereas where this film really starts showing you teeny tiny elements yep. to show you that she isn't it isn't all in her head there yep. are actually things going on but they're so small yeah i mean but they're, they're a obvious. rising scale yeah like, it does have a good sense oh, no, of no, like, it good gets, progression yeah it does but from this this scene in particular mm-hmm. it, which is the kitchen scene they're very fast yeah so it's sort of like if you were to turn away for a moment you would you wouldn't really realize what was going on yeah. or if you were listening but not watching then you would yeah you know so she has this scene in the she's obviously got up she's wanting to make breakfast and like for them and get everything done so she's cutting up veg and stuff and then she goes to wake up the What's daughter, the, the daughter? Evan, sydney S- sydney yep always thinks they're scary movies yeah <laughs> um so yeah she goes to wake up straight away you see the knife move off yeah. of the the tabletop and you see the hob being turned up to full yeah and it's just teeny tiny it's within a like a second yeah um, you see that but straight away you're like oh god like there's something happening and because <laughs> because there's literally 
an invisible man. Yeah. You you see nothing. Like yeah. um you don't see any of like anyone there. It's not even like you can see a bit of someone. Like mm-hmm. it is absolutely nothing. So you notice that she, they just think that she's by accident turned it on full and then completely forgot about it and just brush it off again because they weren't there when it happened. And this is all one take as well. Yes, um, yes. It's actually quite a long one take. Like you know not too long and obviously there's not an awful lot going in it as well but I think it's almost kind of like the movie's way of saying like no smoke and mirrors here kind of thing you know like you know sort of puts his hands up yeah um but obviously it's a you know it, it starts with her and then she talks to James and they say that they have a bit of a hangover blah blah, blah and they just sort of say goodbye and stuff and then she goes away and that's when all the stuff goes on but it's not so it's not a long scene but no, it's a long ish one take yeah, it, feels, it sort of yeah. shows its hands quite openly I think which yeah, is, um, happens quite a lot in this yeah. movie there's a lot of one takes yeah there's a, a lot of it is just to do with this the scene there doesn't have to be anyone in that particular yeah. scene but everything around you sort of has a point to yeah. it even if it's an empty room yet again this is when massive amounts of the the panning shots and the empty doors and the movements through the house mm-hmm. makes you feel like there's someone someone say someone behind the camera there's someone that's yeah. moving through the house yeah a lot of um, like kind of voyeur shots yes yeah. 100% um, is this, which um, is a big way of like the because obviously after the sort of breakfast scene it cuts more or less to night time yes, immediately after yeah, yeah. and it's in that particular moment where you kind of pick up more or less in those sort of voyeur moments where um as it's going through the corridors it looks into the door frame to where she's sleeping mm-hmm. and it sits there for like well far too long let's be serious yeah. but it has a, by hanging around so long you're kind of implicit in it mm-hmm. and it's a very dirty feeling because um, it's not like you know but yeah it's a massive as you say like the voyeur point of it is is most of from this point in the film this is a lot of it yeah especially when people are sleeping when people aren't looking at the camera this is what a lot of the shots are and it's to make you sort of feel how horrible the person behind that mm-hmm. voyeurism Absolutely, is yeah. um and it does it makes you feel yeah, so uncomfortable it, especially that one scene where the scene where is, she's scene sleeping up. Yeah, yeah yeah it's not uh, it's a very it's very uncomfortable yeah. scene um but obviously at this time it's night yeah. and she's sleeping in the bed with um sydney yeah and um so this is this is the first main scene so yeah. even though you've got little elements in the kitchen this is the main scene and this is the main scene where she realizes something's going on and she hasn't just been imagining it so you've got yeah. her and sydney sleeping in the bed and you slowly see the covers being dragged off yeah. which is and it's very slowly yeah. and it's to the bottom of the bed so it's not even like something you chuck the covers off you know it's it's a very uncomfortable and slow movement and then you straight away see flashes of the camera and all of that is just so uncomfortable yeah. and just not very nice to watch yeah. i think also just because i think like it's maybe just sort of hardwired where like i expect like when i'm sort of taking a picture on my phone to like hear a small noise mm-hmm. um like even if i don't like if i have like a, a shutter sound or anything yeah. but even like the sort of brief sound of my phone just buzzing as i press the yeah. camera button and stuff um but with this it's just flash and there's no sound which is yeah. even weirder and it just makes the whole thing just a little bit ickier yeah um and well, then just, yeah. yeah so you've got this which is uncomfortable enough you get cecilia waking up um and this is where you have like the, the small another false person shot so you have yeah. one of Cindy's mannequins for a fashion design at the bottom of the bed and it's got a sort of what, what like, a tri- like a pork pie Chil- like a chub- yeah. yeah yeah like a chubby hat 
um, and a long black coat on it. Um, this is a very ode to obviously the the original movies, the the dress of the original er, Invisible Man with a long coat and the hat. Um, but it also makes you feel like there's someone there. Um, the the one other film which comes to mind with this particular shot is the Babadook. Mm, yeah. Um, a lot a lot of the Babadook was done on shots of things that look yeah like people there, but they're not people there. Um, and that one scene with the hat and the coat that yeah, really does remind me of that. that yeah. um, but a lot of that is based on what's you don't know if something's there or if yeah. it's not. But anyway, so you've got back to the scene. You've got her feeling uncomfortable. She realizes it's a mannequin. You've got an empty chair that's sitting, but it looks like it's an imprint. In it. Yeah, of someone sitting there, and she's determined that someone's sitting there. So she grabs the covers and she chucks it over. Mm. But yet again, it falls. So it makes you feel like. You, you know there's something going on you've seen the flash of the camera yeah. you've seen the covers going on but things like that makes you think oh god like it's infuriating because yeah. by this point you're like she yeah, how, how is he doing this, it how is he you know? moving so fast yeah like... all, all these elements the fact that she can't prove anything the, yeah. the fact that she must be feeling like she's going crazy and then you get her trying to move the covers oh yeah and yeah. this is the moment where she realises no like there's something happening and there's two footprints on top of the covers yeah very clearly like someone stepping on it she physically can't move it and those steps slowly come closer and closer to her until she like freaks and she drops covers and she starts screaming for james um and cindy is like terrified yeah she's like what's going on they just try and calm down the situation i think she realizes because cindy's scared she's gonna Have calm to, herself yeah. down you know so yet again you've got the situation where no one's believing her like you, you, the thought of telling someone oh there's there's someone invisible in the house like there's yeah. you, you like it sounds crazy just speaking out that so she like she's basically stuck in this like limbo so james says to her like don't let adrian haunt you this is you're caught you're bringing this on yourself by thinking this is going on this is what you would have wanted um, but really it's like it is going on <laughs> yeah. you know you like it's, it is so you've got Cecilia yet again trying to better herself she goes out for a job, job interview, interview. Yeah. I don't know if you want to tackle this scene the guy that um, the guy that interviews her for this particular job at some architecture firm is um, the guy who plays Fisk in um, Upgrade. Upgrade the actor's Another. name I um, neglect to remember but uh, remember. it's yeah. a it's a funny little it's a nice little yeah it's like playing the complete opposite character because yeah. he's really nice and I really hope that it. yeah absolutely I hope that um, like you know for so long as like we, Lee Wannell's making movies um, like that actor is kind of like his like Jack Nance to David Lynch kind of thing yeah. where like he's just in every movie in like some capacity or another yeah. like yeah. Um, be a nice touch um, but as she goes to the interview and stuff she's um not um being 100% all there she's um being a bit sort of forgetful and being a bit um, just quite meek um, but she's trying her best anyway. Um, she gets asked if she can sort of show this guy um, some of her work because um, at an architecture firm, I don't know if she had that's like um, building layouts yeah. and stuff. Um, and then she opens up the case to present them. Um, there's nothing in there, and um, it's just like another you know knock to the the old psychological uh, damage there, kind of being like no, like you know it's just as I sort of said, everything that happens is like arising 
thing. Like every little yes, thing that yeah. he does kind of just winds her up more it's and more as it's slowly breaking away yeah. at her. Like he does little things and grow up, gradually it gets worse and worse. To do with breaking down her sanity and to those around her, yeah, making to, her feel well to put her um to sort of put her position in doubt yeah, um, exactly. to other people like yeah. you know the ones coaster. Um, she sort of ends up sort of panicking and then um, passes out. Um, when she wakes up at the hospital, um, it's sort of revealed that she was um. She was drugged um, with lots and lots of diazepam, um, which, which she was unaware that she had taken. Um, but it turns out that she was actually drugged. Um, she finds the old bottle of pills that she left at the start of the movie covered in um, blood. Covered in blood, um, and she takes it as a sign. As um, the very next day, she goes to confront um, Adrian's brother, the lawyer, again, um, sort of saying that she was drugged and that he, um, she's convinced that he's still around. Yeah. Um, she goes to him to ask him to stop it. Yeah. Um, just before, because you've gone back, just a uh, second jump back, just before we get into that bit. So there's obviously the hospital. Mm. She's very. Only in the hospital for a small amount of time mm. where she's told about the diazepam. And then the the nurse says on the phone, oh, yeah, when she yeah. gets her blood work back, that it was diazepam, she's not told in the hospital. Um, and she would like to speak to her about something yes. else, but she'd like her to come in. But this is when she zones out, she realises the diazepam and leaves the phone. When she's still in the hospital, someone is rolled out on a stretcher. Mm. Oh, that is that covered that? in bandages oh, right, course, yeah, apart from dark eyes which is the other yeah. codes um, so you've got the, the coat and the long um, the coat and the hat this is the other sort of to the, invi- the invisible yeah. man the original with the if only he was wearing sunglasses it would <laughs> I know exactly uh, but so, yeah thanks for uh, putting that out yeah right. sorry just, um, just to put that in there so then yeah as you say we're at the point where she goes to speak to his brother to tell him to stop yeah she basically asks him to just more or less stop it um, which obviously kind of seems a little bit ludicrous and stuff as well um, but this is kind of like you know, um, it doesn't. It serves um, some. It serves a purpose towards the end of the movie. But essentially, this scene um, helps kind of further the agenda that supposedly Adrian is this horrible, horrible person to the point that um, Adrian's brother, I think it's Tom, his name is. I think so. Um, he sort of confesses that he feels quite similar to Cecilia in the way that he too was controlled by his brother. Like no one was safe from Adrian yeah. in terms of like. Adrian just getting his way or like Adrian he just being Adrian. He wanted to control Adrian. everyone. Absolutely. Um, and so you kind of, not you don't start to feel sorry for him, but then you realise that this isn't quite so simple as just one person. It's like his, his whole personality. Um, and so she, Cecilia kind of backs down from that knowing that she can't really sort of argue against it. She's been through that herself. So how would she know unless he said so? Yeah. Um, well, you wouldn't say anything when Adrian was alive. Yeah. He does say that he was actually happy when he found out found out that Adrian had killed himself. I think that's, yeah, to sort of back up to be like, yes, this is a terrible situation, but you can't let it haunt you. Yes, is absolutely. what people are trying to push at her and say that, obviously, this, this is all sort of yeah. in her head. Well, he says something to the effect of, like, you know, um, if if Adrian can still haunt you by being dead, then he's kind of one, he's made this device that's better than what you're saying is some kind of invisibility machine mm-hmm. by, you know, somehow scaring you in death by this ghost that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, further doubt's kind of thrown on it and stuff as well, but, like, you know, things are don't get any lighter from here anyway. Um, at this point, um, Cecilia goes to visit Emily, her house, and once again, there's another chip in the chip in the armour where um, it turns out that Emily's received some kind of email, supposedly from Cecilia, um, saying that she wished that she died instead of Adrian and that she was suffocating and that she was no fun to be around and stuff like that as well. Um, just generally a horrible email which obviously Cecilia is um, adamant that she didn't send and that Adrian must have sent it 
mm-hmm. using her account. So just another thing to add to the pile of yeah. like constant, um, you know, throwing doubt on her essentially. Yeah. But and her sister at this point basically says like, you say you want nothing to do with me, that's fine. Yeah. You have nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, and she closes the door on her and you got that one other person taken away from Cecilia mm. so it's it's like a slow chipping away to isolate her yeah but she does try to explain this yeah. to her sister but her sister just isn't listening yeah. at this point she says the same thing to um, James later as well where yeah. like this is kind of like his plan is to get her isolated so that he can sort of like swoop in and strike um, she goes back home and actually reads the email um, that Adrian sent from her account and stuff as well and you get to see all the things and by this point she just kind of like completely breaks and like you know lies on the floor and sobs um Sydney comes in and tries to sort of comfort her and stuff and yeah. say why don't we have a girls night and stuff as well and as if everything's just not been bad enough already Adrian in visible form just like smacks this poor young girl over the head um with some force by the sounds of it because it sounds and like the again with the sound design it felt you could feel it it's, it felt like a head, it's a yeah. horrible horrible sound yeah. especially because it's like such a young young girl that gets hit yeah. as well and um because of that like blame is immediately yeah, and because obviously you can't see someone doing yeah. it. Um, you've got Cindy is absolutely petrified because she didn't see anyone do it. Yeah. So you assume obviously it's Cecilia. She cries for her dad. Well, Cecilia's trying to explain it wasn't her, it was Adrian, yeah. which at this point obviously to other people sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's like a young child being yeah. being hit through it. So James straight away just tells her, No, like, leave us. I'm taking her away like this is not on you realize so this is another two people out of her group that is is being taken out by adrian to try and isolate cecilia so by this point she literally has no support system yeah he's taken out everyone and um, not just believing her about stuff but making people think that she's either a danger to them yeah or that they don't want to have anything to do with them so yeah. this is where she you said she breaks but this is where she really like she has yeah. nothing left so there, there's this bit where she she's determined that he has made himself invisible somehow yeah she is sticking her guns to that that this is what's going on she grabs a bag of coffee and spills it all over the floor yeah. classic invisible man and the invisible man <laughs> yeah. um trap proofing yeah there. and sits in the middle and she sort of just like waits for him and you yeah. see her there and she's she's sort of given up completely she yeah. just doesn't care anymore yeah. and she's just she does like, try to coax him out which is actually a technique that she does him, quite yeah. a few times so you see her like talking to this empty door yeah um just being like why are you doing this like why is it me you like you're such a rich person and you could have a- anyone um so why is it me? Yeah, or and why she, can't you just forget about yeah, me? Yeah, why like... can't you just... And she's like, you've taken literally everything from me. I have nothing left. Yeah. Um, she makes it clear by this point that she has nothing left. So she then thinks off the top of her head, like, to try and call him. Yeah. And see if she, like, there's a phone. And you hear a phone vibrate from upstairs. So and it's his voicemail that yeah. answers it as well. So you you it's all these little bits that are showing you unfortunately when other people are out of scenes and it is only Cecilia. Yeah. But you are seeing the elements that show you this is real. Like yeah. she's not making it up. And by having it be when it's only her and not other people it shows how it makes her seem. Yeah. 
it's also just sort of frustrating to the viewer as well because oh, yeah, yeah, in moments like that you're always just kind of like oh come on like you know if only someone, someone else was there, there you know? Know. but then you wouldn't have a movie otherwise exactly. but it so does it's, help it's, you it's get it's to make shoes. you feel like as angry about yeah. it like mm-hmm. just you, you're rooting at this point for anything to prove her yeah. right you feel as desperate as she does yeah. um, and upon hearing the phone in the attic she goes up to investigate as well um, as if that's the best place for her this will land hide in an attic empty yes. all that stuff <laughs> Um, but when she get, goes up into the attic, she does find um, the phone. She finds a, a knife in a, a, bag. a sandwich bag, and she also finds all of her um, architecture portfolio. Um, again, funny thing about the phone: the wallpaper on Adrian's phone is once again the hexagonal thing, yeah. which is going to come up in literally just a second. <laughs> yeah, um, um, you've also got um, the pictures of her sleeping. Yes, um, she looks through the pictures and that there. Yeah. And then the phone goes off with the word surprise, which is the first of three times it comes up. Uh, yep, in this film. So it's sort of like a phrase throughout this film. Yeah. Um, and then you have like a great, like, because you're, you're rooting, like, you've got the coffee bit, you're like, she's going to, like, get him out, like, she's got yeah. the coffee. Uh, but this is the main one where you're like, oh shit, like, because yeah. you think about this, like, if you were in that situation and someone is invisible, what are you going to do? And you've got I all know. these people going, oh, I would do this, I would do that, but like, it's so hard but this bit where she's so she comes to the end of the attic she knows he's around because he's texted this phone and she's waiting and you don't click onto at this point what's going to happen Um, but there's paint cans to the side of her and she's sort of just staring and it makes you feel so uncomfortable because it's like is she staring right at him? I know like is he there? how close is his face to her exactly so you're like sitting there like it makes you feel so nervous like is he going to do something and then straight away she just grabs to the paint without making it obvious yeah. and chucks it and that's when you see well, isn't, this... there, isn't it like triggered by a sound doesn't he sort of like start making like thumps to go up the ladder and then she tosses well, it maybe maybe there's a slight sound but um, I couldn't remember um, there's not like you know we've touched on a couple of them in particular but there are like what you could call jump scares in this film but mm. they're not obnoxious to the level of like anything you would see in probably like a lesser Blumhouse yes. movie yeah. um, like there's no violins in it at all no. Um, but the sound effect that does follow this particular thing does have a bit of a screech sound effect, so it's probably the closest thing to like a traditional jump yeah. scare. But the stuff that's in it that is jump scare related is quite tasteful, yeah. um, and they're not they're not like per minute. It's no. it's very well spaced out. Like it's, the tension is yeah. a nice level throughout. Yeah, it is. It's really well done. Yeah. I mean, most of the tension in this film is built by nothing happening. Yeah, yeah. So the the very small moments that something does happen, like is sort of like a shock to the system yeah. because you're expecting nothing to happen because nothing has happened in the past yeah so yeah this paint bit is the bit where you first sort of see the actual suit itself yeah because it covers it and oh my god yeah it's a weird <laughs> when effect. you actually see the suit it's horrifying yeah. but the the bit that you see it and it kind of looks like um uh fencing fencing yeah well, it, not to, it, to the extent but or like the netting round, yeah like a net and yeah. sort of thing so but it's a weird, especially because it doesn't obviously it only covers like a good portion of his face and a bit of the shoulder or something. Yeah, so like so you just you're not getting the... an awful lot of detail. No. Um, but it's just enough details to be like that's not what is that? And also yeah, at this exactly. stage as well, I sort of said this when we've seen it the first time is that at this stage we don't really know what the method of invisibility yeah, actually so is. This yet. is where you realise it's not him making himself invisible. Yeah. It's it's something else. Is entirely. it like you know? the classic invisible man thing where he can be completely invisible just as long as he is he's like naked because that'd yeah. be even that i mean that would add a whole but like you know good thing that they didn't as well i'll yes. say 
but, but um, we'll uh, touch more on the suit when it actually gets, yeah, when like, it gets its big it's reveal. So it's only got but bit. this is the first sort of look that we've got. So this is effect. this is where you realise like how close he is. Mm-hmm. He obviously like falls back, like runs off, um, because he's covered in this paint. She knows he's there now, mm-hmm. so she's like, "Get out of here!" And she is all fine to face him off because she's left with nothing at this point. Yeah, and she really is like at the end of her like what she's like had everything taken like she doesn't care anymore. So she's like she goes down find him. This is where you see the sink has been turned on and there's paint in the sink. Yeah, so you know. Well, you don't know for definite that he's cleaned all the paint off. Yeah, but you see there's paint in the sink, so he's obviously tried, which. One of the flaws in this film. I love this film, but uh, one of the flaws. How can you get paint off that fast? And a hundred percent. But isn't that part of the twist at the end? No, I don't think it. Oh, uh, but yeah. That, I mean, oh, okay, no, that could be. But yeah, see, yeah. like, because I had that exact oh, same thing. Oh, yeah, no, no. But I get when you it. think about, it, there's a lot of moments like that, and like for people listening, oh, okay. that, oh, this will make sense later. Because <laughs> I thought that was only at the end of that. No, I think okay, that that's, I think that might be an ongoing more. thing. Right, okay, that makes sense. Right, because <laughs> okay, he, he's right, okay, her. right. Scrap that anyway. So, yes, yeah, so you've got you don't know where he is again. You're you're yeah. stuck in this empty like this space, and she's just so she's got a knife. Has she got a knife in her hand? I can't remember. I think she does. I think yeah. she's got the knife. Um, tries to fight back, and this is where you have one of the first fight yeah. scenes. This is like the well. Probably the well two out of two, I guess. But this yeah. is like this is the equivalent of this scene is kind of like the first fight scene in Upgrade in terms of like mm-hmm. it comes quite well. It, it still comes quite early in Upgrade. This still comes like a good little bit before the halfway mark, but it yeah. feels like a, a payoff to everything that's been building up. And it is that kind of like kick to the senses of that it suddenly just kicks in. And you're like, oh my god, what um, he can do, yeah. and especially what he has been doing. Yeah, to her, like, like it's a display of power, and oh, it's um, yeah, it's not it's horrible. Um, if, it's a horrible scene to watch. Yeah, I she mean, immediately gets picked up um, yes. by the neck, um, and, and it's met with a horrible sound effect as well. I mean, the music in the scene in particular, and a lot of other scenes similar to this, mm-hmm. um, are just really loud. Like probably the loudest they have been when things get this intense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's, it's hard to watch. I mean, by by doing it by an invisible force takes away obviously for someone with a background of it viewing it you're not watching a, a man or a woman fight like fighting someone um, yeah. violently it's sort of like a, a figure this is a huge metaphor anyway for the fact that the invisible man could be anyone yeah. like it's it's anyone that has gone through the, like anyone is capable of doing this yeah, to exactly. someone which is like, it's, the, it's the idea of the abuse that's yeah. the actual it's manifestation not putting a face it. on it it's, yeah. it is an invisible force that's yeah. there um, yeah, you get and you have her fighting. Yeah. As much as she can, you got the plate scene. Yeah. Which is um, a great. Must be a throwback to upgrade. upgrade. Um, there's a scene where um, Gray uh, hits um one of the thugs in the head multiple times with some plates. plates. Elizabeth Moss does the same thing to the Invisible yep. Man as well. Um, it's a nice little moment. I don't know yeah. if it's deliberate. Um, maybe it's just kind of accidental just a nice intentional. Little, yeah, so, but if it is intentional, I absolutely love it, and it's yeah. a great little shout. So yeah, you've got and then. I won't go into that massive because it is basically just a fight scene. Yeah. It is. It is quite hard to watch. Yeah. Um. Just to realise that what you can do. Yeah. Um. When she runs out, and she's caught on camera, but you see from one of the camera views that she's been seen leaving the house and running away. Um. You have the crazy, amazing lift driver that is. It turns up almost immediately. Yeah. Turns up straight away. She's like, "Can you take me to this place?" Miles and miles and miles away, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, that's really far." And she, she's like, "Yeah, can you take me?" And he's like, "Yeah, like sure." Yeah. Gets out of the lift, 
Um, or Uber at Adrian's house um, so they they go to Adrian's house um, it's worth noting that she leaves the house like in the middle of the night um, but then when she gets this lift and arrives at Adrian's place it's like quite early morning so like she's either driven for hours or like she was up at like five in the morning that's what it meant it's like it was it was was all the way away so yeah and then she's basically like she gets in the car and she's like to the, the driver can you just wait like it could be like it could be two seconds or 20 minutes it could be 20 minutes and he's just like yeah you know what why not like genuinely like if you've ever gotten an uber I know. <laughs> or like a lift or something your drivers are never that nice like uh, even with the nicest drivers like I'm just hoping that guy got paid more than anything yes. I was <laughs> yeah like um crazy yeah. but yeah that's one of the biggest flaw of this whole film is thinking that a lift driver is that I good. know but nothing's that simple even no. if they were in suburbia like like we don't even get a suburbia don't over here get, we don't get know, uber drivers but. <laughs> um, but yeah like uh she turns up at adrian's place um we'll only do this one quite briefly because not an awful lot happens apart no. from the big thing i mean um, it's you get that the feeling of tension as soon as she steps in the door again from the house and obviously from the, the start as well the tension that's built there she's obviously turning someone that she's never been yeah since but she doesn't the, the want to she doesn't want to be there mm. and you see how tense and horrible she feels being in that house all yeah. over again um, so yeah, I mean it's a, a short scene, so we won't go into it massively. Yeah. But she goes through the house, she takes a look around, um, but she goes to um, the lab more importantly, um, where she, I guess, just the, the important, the only really important thing in this entire Which scene is, is that I she think discovers. This is the whole, well, yeah. this is the whole point. She's gone all the way yeah. back to the house, um, and she discovers the suit, um, which is indeed a suit that makes Adrian invisible, uh, and it's like, oh wow, I love it. Um, it's cameras, so it's yeah, sort of cameras. Play, I, I'd assume it's cameras playing off the, the elements around you. Yeah, it must like to capture make it the light or seem, something. Yeah. Seem like you're invisible. So you're not actually invisible. It's just creating the the look that you're yeah. invisible. Well, I think it's like, I don't know how this thing. Yeah, I'm not. But I think it's like it takes uh, the image and reflects it back. Yeah, the same as like, like a chameleon. Or yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's when you first see the suit it's very creepy yeah. it's, it's all kind of like you know I, I think it's the subtlety that I really like about it is that um, apparently people have uh, there's a phobia that's popped Tri-phobia. up is that the one with the holes <laughs> yes. yeah then it's I'm that. taking a note down of that yeah because yeah. it's I like I get it like I, I understand I'm not it. afraid of it but I can understand why people think because it, it is weird there's something when, unsettling when you see it on it. certain things it's I, I get why yeah. it's, I, like there's things that make me feel sick it's, yeah it has that effect like and also because although there are cameras they do kind of look like weird beady eyes Hi. like the whole thing is and again it's, it's just a nice little design it's not over the top and it's a nice way of sort of modernizing the sort of the character and his threat yeah. without being as corny as like he made like a serum and it's like a big neon green thing yeah. and like a beaker that he drinks yeah. and he turns invisible it's genuinely like he's a normal person yeah he's just using the suit that he's yeah. created and it's it's something that works off cameras yeah. so it isn't actually making you invisible yeah. it's making you seem invisible and we know that he's like you know the lead um, developer and like yeah. optic technology like that's already yeah. been established so I mean, like it doesn't seem outside yeah. the realm of possibility like it well, seems like something yeah. could exist well we've got this small element of the suit because i remember like we, we've spoke about this um very bizarre if you've not seen any of the series but um the series on channel zero channel zero yes which was a short series great series which i highly zero. recommend um was completely snubbed and cut which we won't go into um but one of the series was candle cold um, they're all sort of like creepy pasta stories, um, but this series uh, they have a creature in it that is basically like it's like a full body suit, 
Yeah. Created by children's teeth. Yeah, it's got the, the actual character is called um, Tooth Child. Tooth Child, yeah. yeah. And genuinely, this is what the suit looks yeah. like. It and has that, yeah. Especially like. That un- Well, not un- uncanny. It is uncanny. Valley, it is an uncanny. Valley, it, has a, yeah. it has a human shape. But the thing yeah. about, like, you know, say the, the Candle eyes. Cove creatures, it doesn't have any eyes. Yeah. It doesn't have any discernible features. And it's the same with this one. Um, but it has an extra added sort of double whammy of being like it doesn't have any eyes it's literally made of eyes, eyes. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. So um, it makes it's, it's just very uncomfortable yeah um, honestly like absolutely adore the design and stuff and i think it works so well yeah. um i just i can't gush about it anymore because i just absolutely love it and mm-hmm. i think it's fantastic you also see how it switches on and off which yeah. um obviously we'll come into it later on good effects um, there as well yeah the very kind of, very like, well done fractured like, light and yeah, stuff really cool um so yes yeah, she straight away takes this suit because it's not being used yeah hides it in the house and escapes again but just before she does she bangs into adrian, adrian. um and the dog that is obviously more her dog yeah and um, because of everything that she's given to it mm-hmm. um stops him and she manages to escape and get her amazing driver back to her house so at this point she has evidence that she's hidden that this is all real which is the whole reason she went she has no evidence up until this point of what's going on is true now she does um she's able to go about it so straight away she wants to prove it to her sister to sort things and go ahead to go i don't know do something to prove that she's right so she she phones her sister while she's driving back and says like we need to meet if you're not going to meet me, tell me now because I will find someone else. I need to speak to someone yeah, now. Yeah, I don't have much time I don't left. have much time. But she gets a response from the lift driver as well. He looks in the rear view yeah, and like, that is the last time yeah. I'll ever see the, the possibly sympathetic cab driver. I know. Um, so yeah, so she says, we need to meet in a public place. It has to be public. Um, so her sister agrees to meet. So then we have the scene where she meets her sister, which is one of the big scenes in the film yeah. as well because you while you're sitting through this film you're sort of thinking what would I do in this situation with an invisible as I said earlier in the podcast what would you do in this situation with yeah. an invisible figure like you can try chucking things over them like all this other stuff like yeah. but really like you're sort of as clueless as the like, lead character she does try these things she yeah. tries the coffee she does paint like she is actually really good it's not yeah. one of these movies where like oh but why haven't you tried this you know like yeah. regular horror films really. why don't why you just call that? the police um, you know like she does actually do like all these things that she's trying so she's like right public place can't yeah. do anything when there's all these people around us you know so they go to this restaurant with this terrible like comic bit between the sister and the oh the yeah the waiter, waiter yeah because the waiter is like that annoying waiter you get in places like been here before and he's do you know like, how we I'll work? tell you about the menu yeah we have all these yeah and the sister's just like no I'm assuming that you boat. order food and then you eat it as yeah. well <laughs> um, yeah but it also reflects kind of a surreal thing if you've ever been to a restaurant like that we all, that's true we all and have. when she's like just leave us alone yeah um, so yeah so they're going to the restaurant she starts trying to explain the whole situation and yeah. she's like well they reconcile more than anything they reconcile which you start feeling like oh thank god she's got someone back on her side yeah starts to explain the situation and literally like as quick as anything you don't even get like a moment to breathe. The sister gets her cut, her, her neck cut. Yeah. And the knife goes straight into Cecilia's hand. Yeah. Like it's almost thrown into her hand. Then you get sort of 
a very slow second or two yeah where nothing someone, happens someone where she realizes cecilia realizes what happened and then you get everyone in this restaurant obviously realizing what's happened as well but they're turning around to see cecilia with this knife um and then you sort of realize in that moment that even in a public place like she's, she's not safe. she's not safe so yeah. she has literally no safe space left um, which comes into play even later on where, she, where she's somewhere that should be a completely quarantine environment and yeah. she's still not safe there yeah. but this is sort of like all the elements she tries to do to sort this situation and it's it's not working so yeah she, she this happens she obviously the police turn up they, they take her in um, and she's taken straight to a psychiatric psychiatric hospital because in this situation anything that she says is basically not giving her any yeah. any help but this is there's a lot of people talk about this like this film is very well done they managed to deal with situ- certain issues with obviously dealing with an invisible character by trying to clear up elements like she tries everything yeah. so you're not sitting there like doubting yourself the the drive to the house is something people talk about like the the length of it is it actually viable to drive that for? And the only other element people have spoken about in this film is the fact that in a in a public place there surely would be cameras. Yeah. Um they could have easily sorted that out by saying like, well Adrian's in a tech company, you yeah. know, like it'd be easy enough for him to probably take down the cameras at that time when it happens so that you mm-hmm. can't see. Um but a lot of people being like, Well, if you had a camera there it would sort of show you that it yeah. wasn't actually her that happened. But anyway that's not important um, because cameras do actually come in to help later on in the film so there's going to be an element in this sort of film of doubt but I think they do it really well that you don't actually have that for a lot of the film you know do do it really well but anyway I'll stop going on about that Um, Um, so she gets taken to hospital um, there's a whole bunch back and forth where um, she still gets interrogated by the police and stuff um and she says, obviously, she can't speak freely because she's probably being watched and yeah. stuff as well. This is with James as well. Yes, James, James is there. James is a police officer. So. And he says that he thinks that he's, like, failed her in her sort yeah. of, like, recovery By and stuff as well. as well. So quite tragic as well, where you're kind of like, you know, even, like, the, the support unit who was actually being very good at being the support unit thinks that he's not been there he for her. Which, yeah, which is uh, just not true. And it's an extra sort of added layer of just what this, sting what this guy is actually doing yeah. towards not only her but the people around her yeah this is where we also get the big reveal all of a sudden yeah. that um cecilia is pregnant um this has kind of been dropped um a couple of times where obviously she said that by the time that she was aware that adrian might have children she needed to leave knowing yeah. that a child would mean that she never would be able to leave yeah. um also we, the nurse when they phone about yeah they phone work, initially but they she's say they want out. to speak to her yeah um, she finds out that that is this is actually what they wanted to speak to her about at that point yeah. was the fact that she's pregnant. She is in complete and utter shock because yeah. she is determined she was taking birth control. Mm-hmm. And then also this leads on to Adrian's brother coming to visit. Where oh, this is at the point like you sort of feel sorry for him like earlier. But he's still in the a film. snake. He's still a snake. Yeah, earlier in the film when he says how bad his childhood was, but yeah. this is the scene where you're like you're just as fucking bad. Yeah, like, just he's as bad. So bad, like. So he comes in to say, basically, oh, I'm here just to tell you that you were told about your trust, and obviously now your trust has stopped. And he even rubs it in slightly more by saying, I know that you're paying for, for yeah. 
someone's like, tuition. Someone's tuition. So it must hit you really hard. This is going. It's, on. it's not gonna. I'm not gonna enjoy telling yeah. them the news. So obviously, like rubbing salt in the wounds. Like he, he makes it seem like he feels bad for it, but yeah. he clearly doesn't feel bad for it. So, this is sort of the point where you're just like he is just as bad yeah. so she basically calls him out as a jellyfish and says that he has the jellyfish no, version the jellyfish of Adrian the family. yeah that he has no spine yeah um, and that's who he was in difference yeah. to Adrian he then gives her the option that where you realise that he knows Adrian's alive so yeah. he gives her the option to have the baby and return to Adrian mm-hmm. um, and says to her that he will always find you you have no choice at this point yeah which is someone else feeling like Adrian's horrible control of her, which at this point where he's supposed to be dead, he's invisible, and he still can manage to do all this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely awful. So Cecilia basically says to him, like, bug, well, doesn't say anything, but implies, like, just bugger off. Yeah. Um, she steals the pen out of his folder um, and... Returns back to her room. And then great line um adrian's brother says we will be watching you yeah so not just him we like as in both of us will be watching you so you know that the seeds are planted. there yeah yeah so then you get as the beginning of the sort of this is getting to the sort of ending of the yeah, film this, so this is pretty much the start of the climax you now. get okay a storm again outside just like the beginning of the start of the film um so all the noise um, you see Cecilia in her room and she is even more determined at this point like she is beyond anything else I mean was, god if you've been at this point you've been through everything like she is so like done and so she takes the pen that she's stolen she's hidden it very well um, and she cuts her wrist and she tells Adrian he won't get the baby Yeah. and she's put the the shower on full and on heat so the steam's coming yeah. out obviously all intentional so she can actually see him yeah. when he comes out he comes out and she manages to stab him yeah repeatedly repeatedly very well repeatedly because yeah. you in this film you're like oh you wouldn't like you know if someone stabbed them once you're like oh my god yeah. she no she generally stabs him like plenty of times manages to break part of the suit so it starts you can see it it, it goes sort of in and out yeah it has um, a really nice effect a when great it's effect. Um, sort of like glitching in and out and you can yeah. only see like portions so of it so you can finally be seen and this is when you get first one of the wardens come in to see what the hell's going on yeah she's obviously still shouting about the fact that he's here which they must have heard over and over and over again um but they actually turn in and they're like, oh my yeah. god, shit, like, yeah. she's telling the truth. They've got like, this crazy guy in this weird suit, like, there. Yeah. So she managed to escape while he attacked him, run out into the hall, and you've got all the other guards sort of coming out in this hospital to try and, like, obviously stop her. She's constantly screaming, like, that he's there, like, yeah. be careful, like, don't, like, he's gonna hurt you and yeah. stuff and everything. She, like, clambers out into the hall and basically, um, in the most upgrade like scene of the entire sort of film um it just is one long take of just him going through at least half a dozen like guards or whatever um he goes through like six of them with just like so much ease like even if he is like still like sort of glitching in and out of visibility which he does throughout the majority of it like he's still like just getting the upper hand on all of them and it's um just like really nice dynamic like camera movements Mm -hmm. it like traces all the action really well it definitely shows you like the like the filmography like 
they've kept this little scene. Yeah. Which is so like upgrade. Yeah. And it's it's a small scene, but it's just so nicely done. But it's a nice flourish because it's not um it's not exactly like up it doesn't No. It moves similar to it, no. but it has that it has the, the ethos behind it. Yeah, it, it just there. has like a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, um and it's such a nice touch and it's um for obviously a horror movie, it's almost kind of like an action scene and mm-hmm. it's just a nice break of the sort of tone for a What's little bit that it's yeah. actually quite welcome it doesn't really feel yeah. out of place either it's yeah and it's also sort of the the start of people around her seeing that yeah. what's actually going on which is actually um, just good payoff for actually yes. you know not so being believed so the whole the film you've gone through people not believing her and it's finally people being seen and also people the non-belief because they're like oh shit like what the fuck's going on like crazy um, so once Adrian's obviously killed off all these guards or damaged them enough he escapes and Cecilia chases after him to the point they're outside um, in the pouring rain um, which I think this is a great scene as well yeah. because it obviously foreshadowed by the opening credits um, and you think about it where could you see someone that's invisible like in the in very intense rain you could see where an outside so she's looking for him still managing to hide very well um, she's still trying to attack when she can it's going darting sort of in and out of cars and at the same time you've got guards chasing her so it's kind of holding back on those elements yeah um, she manages to get to, there's a car with an open boot which so the rain's obviously off it and she stands there because she thinks oh god he must have been here um, and then you see him come out and I think she, yeah he comes in under the sort of like canopy of the yeah. car boot, yeah so this is when you see like he attacks her and he's just like but because she's pregnant he won't yeah he's like he's not gonna attack her anymore which is what it's just so horrible i mean you especially with people in this situation it's such a real situation yeah until an abuse victim becomes pregnant and then they they sort of calm on the abuse because they know that their child is inside them yeah so he says at this point i'm not gonna hurt you um, I'll find someone you love and I'll hurt them instead yeah. and that sort of hurts her more because she's just been expecting at this point that he's just going to go for her yeah. and she honestly doesn't care by this point she's mm. like doesn't care about that but what she does care about is other people around her so he runs off um, takes a car, drives off and she knows exactly that it would be going to Jamie's house yeah. to Jamie and his kid so she managed to hijack this car of this random yeah, guy. Yeah, this poor guy who's like, um, car she shot at. And then, yeah, like, car he like, shot at and he's like, obviously crashed. Yeah, he's and, like um, wounded. And his wife's on the phone. And she's basically just like, no, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. And she, the person on the phone's like, who are you? And she's like, no, it's just, it's, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. just hangs up and then just keeps driving. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then she's heading straight to the house as well. She's on the phone to Jamie um, to try and find out where he is it turns out he's at work and cindy's at home alone and she tells him that she needs to get he needs to get back as soon as possible because cindy is in in danger yeah um so yeah so then you've got cindy who's now home alone um and you realize that she's obviously in danger at this point um and you have adrian who turns up you don't exactly see him but it's based out like the same scene where Cindy and Cecilia were in the room together yeah sitting on the bed but this time it's Cindy who's there 
straight away Adrian attacks her. She realizes that this is real. Um, this is actually happening. She tries to like fight back. Um, does I can't remember. Is this where does Jamie arrive first? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she get them. Um, Sydney gets knocked oh, out first. Yeah. So Sydney, she tasers him. No, maces him. Maces him. She yeah. maces him first. Managed to get away for a bit. Then she gets knocked out. Then this is where James arrives. He manages to get back, um, and then he's attacked, and he's yep. attacked even more. Oh yeah. yeah. Then um, um, like no holes barred on that one. Yeah, um, I think I think that Adrian realizes that Jamie's probably the hardest part, like the person that could probably yeah. take him down. So he really attacks him. Attacks him to the point where he looks like he's dead. Yeah. Um. You have Cindy, obviously in tears realising that like he could be dead yeah. absolutely petrified and this is where Cecilia turns up um, yet again taking items to like help herself she takes fire extinguisher yeah. which was Use- foreshadowed earlier because he yes. used it for the fire yeah. uh, grabs it straight away finds where Adrian is um, and attacks him yeah shoots him multiple times literally shoots him and that's it like there's no bullshit like yeah, she's just, just like this needs to happen so Everyone's sort of at this point is okay, you know, everyone's safe. Realise Jamie's still alive. Yeah. Um and so Cecilia goes straight across to sort of look at Adrian's face. Yeah, I think Scooby Doo moment. You know, just to be like, she needs to see it. Like yeah. you know by this point she needs to see, she needs to know mm-hmm. that he's dead. And it turns out it's not Adrian, it's his brother. Yeah. Ooh, Plot twist. twist. Um, which explains why if there was moments where you wondered how they could do so much with just one guy being invisible then it explains a whole lot when they can make multiple suits and there's two of them yeah. so if you ever wondered why it seemed like a lot, as we sort of said earlier yeah. with like if they got hit with paint then how did they get rid of the paint so quickly no, yeah, it's because yeah. there was another one um, yeah. which explains quite a lot it's a lot of things that, that you they didn't could really do. think about it until then yeah, no, um, I didn't. I mean, I didn't even think about it the second time round until yeah. you said that because I thought it was generally just the two of them at the end of the film at yes. this point but yeah, you're right. So, at this at the same point in this, but you've got Adrian being found. Yeah. Basically captured in his own house. And he's been uh, tied up in his basement, or like a yeah, weird a sort cupboard of a false thing. wall behind something in his basement. But I mean, it seems really set up. Anyway, yeah. Which obviously. It's is set, set up, up to be that Tom is apparently the mastermind all yeah. along. And so it's yeah, as you say, it's meant to be that it's his brother. Cecilia's having none of this. Yeah, she has doubts. She is like a hundred percent. She's like, this is Adrian. I don't care if it was his brother that was found. He was definitely yeah. like all the rest of this was Adrian. Yeah. Um and the worst, like, like I think it was the second time around listening to it is that they're in the police station and she's like, nope, this is Adrian. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Don't care what you want me to do. Like I'm telling you, this is Adrian. And James is like, no, I know. Like you're saying this, but you need to just keep that to yourself because yeah. you are, you've been in, like you're yeah. going to prison if if this is not. And she's like, no, but it is Adrian. Um, and he's like, no, Adrian was a victim too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Adrian was not a victim. Yeah. And I think that line where she says like Adrian was a victim is like so perfect because yeah. everything that he's done, even if it wasn't him, he's not a victim in this situation. Even yeah. if it was tied up, even if it wasn't against him. But she's like, no, this was not him. This was not his brother. This was him. So by this point, even the police aren't listening. Yeah. So this is like the finale scene. So 
they go back yeah so just before this they go back to the house and she sees the marks around Cindy's neck and that that hits her at the point where she's like no this is like this is not happening yeah so because she's been given this ultimatum she's like I'm gonna call Adrian calls him up agrees to meet and you see her put on one of her dresses a new dresses black as yep, you said one of the ones that come at the start yep one of the ones at the start goes to meet him for dinner um he is and this is where this is the one scene where you finally see Adrian as well yeah this in is full like, yeah. in full um, and you actually see him properly talking because apart from the start scene you don't really see him at all in this movie and he's played off at this point as so like to be sympathetic he's like yeah. oh like everything that's happened to him he's like he set up this meal and he's like yeah. I didn't know what you wanted I started overthinking I've just bought everything it's stupid yeah he goes into depth about the fact that he's handshaking and he's nervous and she's the only one that gets to see the and handshake she's the only one that gets to see the handshake which is just so by this point I mean this is what abusers do like they use elements yeah. and they try and win people back yeah after everything they've done and this is clearly and she, she clearly like by even looking at her face she's yeah. like not having not it not having any of it um, but she plays it so well she's so calm and she's just like right I'll have steak you know we'll sit down she very calmly says to him right if you want any part in this baby's life all i need you to do is admit to me there's no one else here it's just me you just admit to me this is you and he's just like no i'm really sorry i know that you wish it was me but it wasn't and i know i've done terrible things he's like i know i'll do terrible things i can do better we'll do better all this stuff um and she's just like no I just want you to tell me that's that's all and he's just he's not having it so by this point she's just like in tears because she's just so done in by this point um sorry I'm just trying to work out where we're in from she's so done in by this point that she's just like I'm exhausted. Yeah. If you're not going to admit it, then yeah. that's it. So and he goes over to try and comfort her and says the worst line in the movie. Yep, which is. Oh, what's it again? Um, there's a lot of bad things. I know, there's a lot of bad things. This, this is, is the, the worst, worst one. one. Um, I'm the only one who can help you. Yeah. Um, I mean, you. The, there's the small little elements, even in everything that he says in the scene. You know this used against her yeah like everything she knows that this is so yeah. it's she, on the same thing with like the you're the only one that gets to see my handshake like i.e you're the only one that gets to see me at my weakest but to be honest when it comes to an, a horrible abuser they don't really tend to show any weaknesses like no. by, by saying that they have one kind of puts them on a level where you think oh well you know they've got weaknesses too they must be human yeah, but no exactly. to like to an abuse yeah. to someone who is getting abused you don't see them as so a, that by this abuse. point where he says that he's the only one that can help her yeah and it's sort of like she's always his and yeah. all that palaver she's just like right so she's like oh, oh yeah, I'm, tell sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm sorry i'm gonna clean myself up yeah and acts exactly the way that he would want her to act <laughs> she leaves the room you see all of this area sort of in the cameras yeah, in there. The CCTV you camera. know by this point that at the start she knows where all the cameras are yeah she literally has spent god knows how long knowing where the cameras are for that first scene so she knows where that is you see her in the bathroom cleaning up and then it flicks back to Adrian sitting at the table by himself and he almost seems like he's getting aggravated yeah like, a little that bit she's yeah. like that she's taking a bit too long 
And as he's sitting, you quickly see his knife, his, his throat being cut again. Yeah. Um, well, he's by hand, his own one hands, of his hands, hands gets like, it, held down. You see it's the table. sort of like him fighting against it. Yeah. Um, and his throat being cut. And then, sort of like bleeding out, it then cuts back to the bathroom. Yeah. Where Cecilia is coming out. She sees him and you hear screaming. And this is where you realise that she's wearing a wire. Yeah. Jamie's obviously watching outside. He hears all this going on. Hears her phone, an ambulance, be like, someone's committed suicide. Like, you need to get here, you need to get here. And she's crying and she's crying. And then there's this brilliant bit. Yeah. Where she moves out of the the eyesight of the cameras in the house. Yeah, and then and just she drops sits the down act, and yeah. her whole expression changes. Yeah. And she looks at him. I can't remember what she says. Surprise. And she says surprise. Yeah. Um, and she just sits and watches them. And then she very calmly, with all of her stuff and yeah. her dog, and the dog, yeah. walks out of the house and Jamie comes running and he's like, Oh my god, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like trying to calm him and she's like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm completely fine. He committed suicide, didn't he? And she's like, he committed suicide, and that's where Jamie sort of clicks. Yeah. And he's like he realises what's actually happened and she's like what did that sound like to you and he says it sounded like he committed suicide yeah. and she's like exactly and she sort of walks off and you realise exactly what she's done but you don't feel bad for Adrian I no, think no. even Jamie at this point realises what's happened and you know that he's not going to do anything no, about exactly, it because yeah. you know the situation she's been in he needed like as she said she's not she can't do anything until he's dead. Yeah. Like she knows that she can't do anything. Um, so this is what had to happen and you finally see her leave and this is the one point in the movie where she is finally free from everything. Yeah. And yes. she just gets to walk away. She gets to walk away. She gets to walk away with her head she actually, high. Yeah. And uh, um, great that ending. was the invisible man. Yeah. Actually just like upgrade as well, it ends the same way. Um with the walk main away. character walking yep. away towards the camera. Yeah. Um don't know if that's maybe just a trait again don't know if it's intentional mm-hmm. or if it's a, um actual name drop but it's nice it's a nice little touch it's a, um, but it's yeah. a great film such a good film um, incredible like I absolutely loved it um, I know a lot of people that have seen it don't like it as much I've seen I, a lot of negativity about I it as well I don't understand it I don't see what people <laughs> expected like I think this is the most perfect version of the yeah. plan you could get like you could, it could go one way or the other the whole concept of it like is so well like and it's it's believable like everything yeah. in it is believable like the situation she's in is believable how it how this a suit rather than the person becomes invisible is believable yeah. I just think it's very well done and it works very well as like a tension film and a horror film a thriller yeah a sci-fi movie it's yeah. you know it's really good I mean they could have went a million different ways and it could have been that the story they ended up telling was just going to be I don't really know but like you know the way that they told the story was smart like the the lens of abuse and stuff although it's difficult to sit through it tells a good it uses the invisible man as an actual threat for evil like you oh, know, 100%, other than yeah. just kind of like the, the just an invisible yeah, person like an, a scientific misstep gone wrong or whatever yeah. it's actually just kind of like it's used for maliciousness yeah. um and it's a, as i say it's a massive metaphor for yeah absolutely um, an, an, an invisible factor on this sort of yeah and i don't know abuse. if people were expecting something like I don't know, Hollow Man or whatever, where it's kind of <laughs> essentially like almost like a slasher movie. Yeah. Like I don't know what people were really expecting. Um, and if that's kind of what you want, then more power to you, I guess. But I think but, for yeah. for what again, because Lee Wano wrote this, just like he did with Upgrade as well, and like 
his style of writing is kind of all over it like the way that he sort of like approaches his characters and yeah, the ways that everything is so well written hmm. um, in both these films I mean if we haven't said enough how much we recommend both these films yeah. and the director himself is incredible and we will watch anything that he like brings out like whatever his, he does next 100%. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what so... he could possibly do now but to go from something like an upgrade to this yeah, which is a lot more There's serious. There's complete elements that you can see, like his style and stuff, but these are two completely different films. They are. Like, this is a lot more serious. Not that Upgrade's not, because yeah. you have the whole beginning element of Upgrade, which you can see how he deals yeah. with serious But issues. it also has a lot of humour. You know, it's how to have a lot of fun and, like, yeah. sort of, like, let the sort of actors yeah. and stuff have fun as well and to have and, fun with yeah. himself and his own scenarios. And even just have a, an action movie, like, with action and stuff. But yeah. To, to go for something like this that is really serious yeah deals, deals with, with some serious heavy issues matter, yeah, yeah of course and is a lot less forefront of you going from something with upgrade that's got a lot of action going on you've got this that hasn't got a lot going on no it doesn't that manages to create yeah an environment an intense environment from that is incredible and like I wouldn't say upgrade is as much of a horror film no it's not but this I would say is a, it horror, is a film. horror film yeah um, and I think it's incredible and I think that we're not saying this is a double feature to be two films that are exactly similar yeah. like as we said at the start it's more to do with like a director yeah. and a director's going from one set of films at a certain point to yeah. where he's became yeah. now and this isn't even like you know a sort of study where it's like say someone's like first film to their last film over several years this is like one film back to back that he made well two films back to back that he made one after the other yeah um, and even just to see like the step up yeah, from it's eight. not um like anything like transcendent but the amount of like of his like actual talent that's gone from one film to the other is noticeable mm-hmm. like his style is there like you know I think that's sometimes the difficult thing for a lot of directors to do is to try and find a style that is sort of uniquely them um, yeah. and he does like you know it's not but it's not in a big sort of flashy flamboyant way like I don't know, like a Christopher Nolan you know what a Christopher Nolan movie looks yeah. and feels like when you see it you wouldn't be able to sort of like watch any film and say it's a Lee Wano film but once you kind of see the tricks and like the writing and the way that like they're paced and the way that he approaches his characters yeah, no, like the ways that he makes his characters um, sympathetic and likeable mm-hmm. almost immediately whilst not spending a lot no. of time doing it I think as well like we have to sort of talk about don't get me wrong like Elizabeth Moss is incredible but he is taking people it's more so with Upgrade mm. which are not well known mm. I mean w- with Upgrade obviously it's more of an Australian cast I don't know I don't is it Australian so. cast? well it's shot in Australia. Australia I don't know of any of the actors I'm sure the lead actor is Australian I think he's American he's American? he's in Spider-Man right, Homecoming ignore that well um, anyway what I was talking about was the actors he sort of chooses more so with Upgrade aren't massive people you no, see no. in big blockbuster films even in The Invisible Man, apart from Elizabeth Moss, there aren't... No, not really. It's not like you've got big blockbuster personnel. And even Elizabeth Moss hasn't been, like, a lead in a, like, a huge... I guess. Would it Would it be fair to say that? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say that she's been in anything like that. I know this. her more for TV. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Top of the Lake, Mad Men. Yeah. Um, but not, I wouldn't say for, like... Oh, wait, what am I talking about? I must be talking bullshit. Anyway, not saying I'm not saying she's not a big actress. But I've never seen her in a role where she's the lead, like this, right, okay. like a lead yeah. in a big blockbuster film. Yeah. Um, 
and what I'm saying is like he does choose people that aren't yeah. as well known which I think works massively they're all amazing they're all amazing actors yeah. Um, and I think it's more him focusing on who's good at what they do yeah. rather than the name themselves yeah. and what's doing. I know. I, I only worry that maybe the next one's going to be like a big ensemble or something. I have absolutely no idea. But yeah, he does get good performances out of the, the leads that he chooses. Um, oh, which goes a long way to help. Um, especially for someone like, I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to see Logan Marshall's green like top billing anything in the future, but he you should. Know, for, <laughs> his, for, for his performance in it, like yeah. it's perfectly good. Like, you know, give him, give him the right opportunity, yeah. I'm sure he will. Uh, I know he's in Spider-Man Homecoming, he plays yes. Shocker, which is weird. And I meant to say, like, the the casting of Adrian. Yeah, again, like, you if know, for not seeing He is a very, him, very small part, yeah. but he's so good. Yeah, like, he is really good. For, you like, know, like, the, the one scene and, like, yeah. the 12 lines of dialogue. He's horrible. He like, you get that, fair enough. It's the same with his brother. His brother isn't in it enough, but you get how horrible, like, they yeah. are. It's, it comes off in a very... And I think that's to do with the director's way of doing his characters is you don't need a lot of them no the same as the mum and upgrade it can be just short amounts yeah. but you get the message across by yeah. who they're supposed to be so yeah we that's two completely separate films same director as you say one after the other um, but I think they make a, a good they double do. bill like his, his ethos of like filmmaking is in each one like his fingerprint is on each one yeah. um, I think he's consistent so far um, he's just kind of wildly creative, like especially like Invisible Man's kind of like an adaptation, but Upgrade's original. Um, and even though it's original, it might still be slightly derivative of things that came before it, but it doesn't mean that it stops it from having some fun with its premise. Mm -hmm. And same with Invisible Man as well. It takes the concepts and actually like execute them in a way that's kind of refreshing and different. And so I can only hope that in the future he does more. But as for right now, as far as double features go it's a really interesting mm -hmm. study to see how you go from one film to another oh, and yeah, how 100%. like your style progresses yeah. from there um, so absolutely yeah. and if you've not watched any of these movies then you absolutely well, have highly, to yeah. um, it's nice to have like as well see watching two films back to back they're both really good films yeah they are I mean not saying that in episode one when we done it they were bad films yeah. but especially when you know going into it like we knew this episode what we were going to do and we were like yes two films that we absolutely adore yeah and would love to watch again mm -hmm. and being able to watch them back to back like it's great like mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the same film to watch them back to back but knowing that they're great films they're very well done and they're enjoyable to they watch. are so i don't know if we have anything planned out for episode three just yet we'll have plenty of time to think about have it think though. about it and then come back to you so yes we'll get back to you soon but thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one see you next time